engaging and exciting conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Every week on the Radiant Culture Podcast. All right, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to Radiant Culture. I'm Cookie Monster. And today, we have the one and only. Now, let him introduce himself. Mr. Kent. Mr. Kent. The only one. The one and only. Yes. The man who's always in stealth mode. He's with us today. <laughs> He's with us today. And then, 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 and then. We also have in the house, the biscuit. Yes, sir. Yeah, biscuit doesn't need no doesn't need no introduction. I need no introduction. Okay, so today we have a very very uh, exciting topic that we want to discuss, right? And this one is burning. It's like burning in my heart, and I think everyone. Um, is is quite keen on this one. So today we're going to be talking. Uh, our discussion is going to be centered around the Black Panther movie, right? Um, over the last few weeks, it, I think the whole world has been a buzz with this movie, and there's been all kinds of comments. And I think the ratings of the movie are crazy. Um, but you know, I watched the movie myself the day that it was released here, and I'm about to go for round two and probably round three later, right? Because I like it that much. Um, however, we want to talk about the movie itself and break it down a bit and talk about some of the uh, philosophy behind it. So uh, I guess we'll, we'll get straight into it, right? Gentlemen, let, let's talk about this. First of all, why do we have Biscuit as a guest? Okay, so, uh, well, I didn't actually mention that Biscuit was a guest, uh, but anyway, I'm going to mention it now. Biscuit, I'm not a guest, really. Biscuit Come is actually on. a guest today, so he's, he's sitting in the guest seat, right? In because the guest seat. It doesn't look so comfortable for here, from here, though, I have to say. It's blue. What are you saying about it? It's nice. Guest seat, though, just Listen, saying, you know. Yeah. It's comfortable. It's comfortable. For you know what? Like, maybe we need to actually start charging people, right? So if people pay like 100 bucks per episode... Then we can get like some nice expensive exactly. furniture. I think, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, as the guest here, I should have like a throne or something. Uh-uh. This is for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today Biscuit is a guest because, um, well, okay, I don't think anybody really knows. But Biscuit is actually a very, very um, avid follower of uh, the Marvel Universe and... Um, and all that comic stuff, right? Comic book stuff. In fact, let me not put it that way. Biscuit is an animator, right? He's like deep at animation and he's studied this stuff. He's been doing this stuff for years. So he's got a very um, proficient understanding of how everything, how all this stuff works. And um, he, uh, in fact, I'll let him explain. But yeah, Biscuit, he's like <laughs> our expert in this, in this thing. Yeah, no, I think they've got me here just because I watched the movie three times. So <laughs> already, I think I'm a, I'm a professor now for candology. <laughs> just, just from that, that that's wow. why I'm here. That's why there they we got go. Me here. There we go. But, but uh, I think, but I think yeah. beyond that, you've yeah, got like no, this no, crazy I, I'm, background. I'm actually a comic artist as well as an animator and illustrator. So. Um, not like I've Trevor Noah comic. In, no, no, no. You know, and that's the horrible <laughs> thing. Whenever I saw people, I'm a comic artist. Say, tell us a joke, eh? Tell us a joke. You think you're funny, eh? And I'm like, no, <laughs> not that type of joke. But I'm an illustrator comic artist. I've been doing this now for plus minus 15 years. So, um, yeah, um, Marvel DC got me into it, uh, as well as Image, Dark Horse, Wildstorm, Top Cow, Valiant, all the other guys. Uh, 
big avid uh, watcher of anime and uh, reader of some mangas. Um, Disney is uh, not my idol, but <laughs> where people want to be like Beyonce, I'm going in a completely different direction. So, um, so you're the weird guy. I am the weird guy. I'm the weird guy in any group, which is why I am the biscuit, the extra one. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I've always got a, a viewpoint and I'm, I think uh, doing Jema Popeye for so long has also made me a bit of a thinker. <laughs> So, yeah, that's what it's called here in Zimbabwe. Anybody who doesn't know. I hadn't heard that Jumapopai. expression in a very long time. But anyway, it's okay. So, you know, we want to talk about this um, from a Christian point of view, you know, because there have been a lot of mixed views about it, of course, as uh, any other movie would would have. Uh, but maybe, you know, I'll, I'll start with Mr. Kent here, that um, from from a Christian uh, perspective or just looking at it from a from a christian lens there's a I, I know one of the reasons why this movie is so popular is because of the whole black consciousness thing yeah. right yeah um and well when we come to the bible for example the bible is talking about how there's no longer jew nor greek slave nor free that we're all one in christ yeah and i've yeah. seen some of the people making the most noise about this are actually christians and even pastors right yeah yeah so um doesn't this then fuel the very thing that um, the Bible is trying to discourage, which is the whole division, the whole racial uh, tension and all of that. So maybe, maybe we, can, we can start it there. Okay. Um, I think um, it's probably the most powerful movie, one of the most powerful movies I've watched in the sense that it's, it's gone beyond just entertainment. It's inspired a movement. It's, it's awakened something in people. So... That's great, but obviously there are pros and cons to everything. So from a Christian perspective, the great thing is that you're, you know, encouraging or you're inspiring a sense of self-worth in a race that was most of the time depicted as, you know, the dark continent, the, the, the inferior race, you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that brings a certain sense of self-worth and that Africa rising kind of uh, vibe to it. But I think the downside or where we have to be careful, we have to be careful is that we don't fuel or further fuel this racial divide where we are now trying to say, okay, we're not inferior. In fact, we are superior. And that's the gray area. That's the risk. And that's the, the downside to this whole thing. So it's something that we have to be careful about if taken overboard. I'll say, um, before we get too far in this, uh, being somebody who talks about this sort of stuff often, uh, note to all listeners, spoiler warning. If you don't <laughs> like spoilers, I'll give you a second to change channel. And you can come back at the end of the discussion for closing points. <laughs> this is your warning, because we may make spoilers here. If you haven't watched the movie, you're bad. Give you a second. That's enough time. Done your thing. <laughs> right. The... Um, Black Panther is unapologetically um, focused on the black consciousness and uh, it does not shy away from the idea of race. And it speaks about it in, such, in a way that hasn't been um, brought to the mainstream media before. This is different from anything that's come before it. And uh, it's also, it's very groundbreaking. So as was said, it does um, 
it has lent itself to creating this movement. Not that it's set out to create a movement. It's a movement has been birthed around it. Yeah. And that leads me to my first point concerning the movie. It's a movie. Uh, not to demean it, but much of the noise around it was not generated or intended to be generated by the people who created the movie. They sought out to make a fantastic movie. I had some discussions with some people um, who watched the movie and they were like, um, you know what? I went in there, there was a lot of hype around it and I was already set against the movie because I didn't want to bow to the hype. I didn't want, I was like, ah, this is probably not going to be good. They came out of it with a very different opinion saying, I hate to admit it, but it kind of worked up to the hype. My response to them was, the hype was never created by the movie. Nowhere did Marvel ever advertise that the first all African cast or a, a, a striking blow to imperialism in this new, they never said yeah, anything yeah. to that effect, but the movie is what it is. And it's designed for you to take from it a series of messages, not even just one. Right. So much mm -hmm. of the anger we see post, and let's not just look at the anger. Let's look at the joy and the jubilation as well that mm. has come out from about around it was not made. It was not manufactured. It's come from the people arriving at their own conclusions outside the movie. The movie is not necessarily pushing anyone in any direction in so much as it's right. It's bringing to the forefront what some people were already thinking. If they were angry before the movie, they're angrier after the movie, but they were always angry. So, mm. I'll start with that. Hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you for that. Because I think that's a, an important um, backdrop, right, to, to, to the discussion and just to, this, to the whole um, issue we're discussing here. So what, what we need to understand here, because I, I, don't, I don't want this to be a review of the movie per se, yeah, but I, no, I really yeah, want us to extract. Because I can do that too. Yeah, this, this is not Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes, Andy. Right, or something like that. So um, what, what I, I want to try and understand here, and I guess our listeners, is this. Um, the fact that Marvel didn't explicitly say, you know, this is a black consciousness movie and whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. But people still managed to do so on a universal scale, right? I think speaks of something, right? Something yeah. within people resonates with, I guess, uh, some of the fundamental lessons that are in that movie, if I can call them that. Yeah. So um, as Christians now, black African Christians, we've grown up in a, in a country, and I'm going I'm to go there, right? Uh, because I think we, we have to. We, we've grown up in a country that uh, was colonized by the british the europeans and most of africa yeah. was was well all of it but yeah. one country exactly there we go um and i feel like a part of our identity a part of our essential worth was taken away because of things that happened to the point where people have started believing that if something is black it's not good enough mm -hmm. you know black people can never achieve certain mm -hmm. things yeah black actors and actresses can never act in some of the roles that were acted which is actually part of the reason why the movie is so popular yes so the question then is the bible right can we then really say that the our, our colonizers and i know in the movie is actually a part where the white guy and this is referred to as the colonizer i actually i totally love that right <laughs> right the question i want to ask is 
the Bible itself and Africa, right? Part of the reason why a lot of people actually don't want to believe in the Bible is that they believe that it was a tool, a, a colonization tool. Yeah. So maybe let's just discuss that for yeah, a little bit. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Give me a question. What? <laughs> You've stated a fact. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I guess the question for me is that, is that, is that true? Um, you gotta open your eyes, man. You gotta open. <laughs> no, let me. Let me not. You gotta be woke, man. You gotta be woke. The man is after you. Uh, look, it's it's easy to go down that route. I'm definitely not one of those guys, though. Much love to my woke, conscious brothers and sisters. Um, I think the whole world's getting woke. Yeah, want to say that. Um. The biggest problem that's been on planet Earth has been the people on it, for the most part. Uh-huh. Um, good things come to us, and we have a tendency to try and reshape them in our own image. And in a nutshell, that is part of what happened in terms of the gospel coming to Africa, in my viewpoint. In and of itself, was fine. It was cool. And it was refashioned by some people, maybe powerful people, maybe the vocal few to serve their own ends and to serve greed. But that does not mean that it itself was inherently bad. The downside is that as history and time goes on, some things get engraved, which were wrong, and um, they become problematic later. So it's a very, very large topic. It's a very big can of worms. Um, yeah, I'll need more questions to get to a specific aspect of it that you want me to tackle. Okay. Well, listen, this is just a, a, a discussion, I guess. Um, <clears throat> not an interview, per se, you know, one of those. Yeah. Okay, I've, an, I've an got a question. Uh, yeah. So, we were colonized, uh-huh. and they used religion, Christianity, right? Yeah. Fair and fine. Do you think that if we hadn't been colonized, Africa will be like Wakanda. All right. The, the movie Black Panther is really interesting because it's got all these characters that everyone is asked to either um, agree with or disagree with. Characters in terms of the actual people and characters in terms of the world itself. Wakanda itself being a character. Wakanda refers not just to the Africans, but it also refers to African-Americans to some extent. Right. We can come back to that point a little later. What I'm trying to say here is that one aspect of Wakanda that's unique to the film and partly to the world, if you ever get to that question, is that it was an isolationist nation with unlimited resources. They could make everything out of their vibranium. They did not need to look outside of themselves, Mm -hmm. which is different from Ethiopia. Ethiopia could not be isolationist. And the minute they decided to resist everyone around them, they were actually trapped, which is a bit different from Wakanda, who could self-sustain. So naturally, a nation that is trapped on all sides and is more or less in sanctions, if you want to call it that, from the world who did not agree with them resisting so much, would inevitably suffer. The very what is a bigger testament is that they are still free up until today, despite that situation. Right. They are still standing despite that. But what, at the cost of economic development, at the cost of that, true. Development, 
but that is where they're different from Wakanda. If they ha- if Ethiopia had vibranium, yes, indeed, they would be a Wakanda because they would never have had to look outside their borders for anything that they needed. Anything. Something that's always bothered me <clears throat> is that when the story of Africa is told, right, we, the, the picture that is painted is that we were um, uncivilized and backward in the way that we did our things and we used to run around with spears and, you know, loincloths and whatever, 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 and the rest of the world was becoming more advanced. And so the colonizers had to come to bring civilization, right? That's yeah. the narrative that been told to the point where, where some of us actually started to believe that. But I remember part of me always has always argued, right? Something deep within me has always said, but this doesn't make sense. How can the rest of the world be going through the, what is the revolution, the, the industrial revolution, yeah, what is yeah. be, what, whatever it was, Iron Age, all the different movements that have happened, and did it, yeah. um, progressions in development. And we remain stagnant. Right. We were just walking around doing nothing, a whole civilization. Then you look at some of the you, know, you look at things like the pyramids, you look at the great Zimbabwe, even, you know, all these structures which show intelligence, which show um, very sharp thinking, architecture, architectural strategy, all of that stuff, which means that these things were here. But for some reason, I feel like they were taken away. Right. To the point where to, to, to the point where Africans have started to believe that we don't have what it takes. Silicon Valley is the only one that can produce these things. So for me, um, the, the question then becomes, how can we as Africans, right, change the narrative, take back what is supposed to be ours, change history even, you know, go back to our history and try to understand who we are. Because I believe that's part of our God-given right, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well... That's a very good question, but um, to sort of answer you, I think we need to ask, what's the root cause? Was colonization really the root cause? Because you seem to say this was taken away from us. So you're implying that Africa is not as advanced as it should have been because we were colonized. Yes. Or these people came. But I'm saying, was it really the colonization or was it a, a mentality that we had as black people? Because... For colonization to happen, let's even talk pre-colonization. Let's talk slavery. Slavery would not have happened if you if if you read the stories and watch the movies and the documentaries and whatnot. Slavery was enabled by Africans. It was Africans who were capturing their own brothers and sisters and selling them to the slave traders. The slave traders did not come in and capture anyone. They came in, struck a deal with the warlords and said, you, I will give you guns and I'll give you these things if you capture some of your strong, fit people. They went out capturing their own and selling them, right? Same thing with colonization, right? I, uh, I did a bit of history, so I only know the Zimbabwean part of the history, but I know that the colonizers, when they came, they didn't just come and just spray guns and gun us down and shut us down, right? They came... And they saw that there was a king. And they talked to that king. They negotiated with the king. And that king sold the country to the queen. Okay. Okay. I would say this. So um, um, my question is, was it colonization or was it a mindset that we had? All right. If there is any mindset to be had, and as a caveat to this, I will say we must be careful of 
every ounce of history that you ever consume at any stage. True. Because most of it is written by the victors of whatever history that came from, including our own. We know our own country has indirectly erased uh, stories and knowledge of anyone that's not of a particular group or leadership structure. And they conveniently forget those stories because they're the victors. And it's true globally. Mm -hmm. As long as the colonizers were the victors, they chose the history. That story of us, of them having it sold to them by Lobengula and co., we really don't know. <laughs> we really don't know if that was the truth. We don't point. know if that's okay. how it went down. For okay. all we know, they were like, you know what? If we're going to look great to the queen like we didn't do this violently, this is the story we're going to tell. So... I'm not even saying it's not true. I'm okay. just saying we yeah. must be yeah. careful yeah. of everything, That's including true. the yeah. stories of us yeah. going and finding the slaves ourselves. We don't know this. Yeah. We really don't. But, but it's happening again. Is it? Yes, in Libya. It's happening. Mm -hmm. But you, 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 know know, where, you know where my, my, it's my Libyans issue... Libyans capturing other Libyans to sell them as slaves. The, before we get into even the definition of slavery, because we can go and yeah. say that that's happening even in America right now. <laughs> I will say this to answer your earlier question. If there's any one mindset that you want to say that Africans have, and I may be unpopular for this viewpoint, but my viewpoint is that Africans, black people, are the most peaceful race on the planet. I firmly believe this. Uh -huh. Because we have the most justified reason to go crazy and violent and strike back, and we don't. When the colonizers actually came to Africa, we didn't run. The traditional mindset that we've been taught is that foreign things are scary to you. Things that are outside of you must be feared, which is, I think, an attitude that lots of other nations have. Africa didn't have that. These were just strange people. We know, we know the stories we've heard that when we saw the white man coming, what was that name we gave them? Just saying that they didn't have... What was that Knees. word? Yeah. Uh, and the... Asnamabi. They were just people who didn't have knees to us because yeah. we couldn't see their legs. They were wearing trousers. Yeah. So like they don't have knees. But we didn't freak out. We actually wanted to talk to these guys and say, hey, what are you here for? Okay, do you want to trade? We No, but actually, no. Actually, the narrative is that there was the prophet, that guy. What's his name? The guy who predicted they'll come. Was it Rekai Tangwena? I think mm -hmm. it was Rekai Tangwena who said before they actually landed and said, There are people coming. And he's the one who coined that phrase. Yes. And they don't have knees. Right? Yeah. And they're coming to take your land. True. But he, they, warned he may have warned them, but it wasn't received like that across the board. Our first reaction was not to arm ourselves and prepare for an attack. Yeah. Our first reaction was, Hi, who are you? What are you doing here? It wasn't an aggressive approach. And I think that happened across Africa and it was taken advantage of. We mustn't mistake yes. our acceptance of them as a weakness that we had. It was more an aggression on their part to see that and say, hey, these guys can be taken advantage of. They're dumb. Not Well, they saw it as dumb. Uh -huh. For us, it was just a more peaceable nature, yeah. I believe. I, I think I like that. And I also want to challenge what no, you're saying. I, I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. I want to challenge what you're challenge. saying about... about our mindset, because yeah. I don't think that's necessarily uh, a mindset that is unique to black people. Or African no, it's not people. unique to us. No. You see what I mean? I think you're dealing with human nature, right? At best, which is that humans, obviously, across the board, have a certain way of approaching things. 
right? So for example, you know, you, you know that um, even in the most developed of nations, if there's a bargain that's being, uh, if there's a deal that's being structured, you're always going to have greedy people who are going to try to maximize as much as possible on that. Yeah. You know, you're going to have people who are going to try to make sure that they do whatever they, they can to get the biggest pie and sell whoever they can sell. That's why you've even got this whole thing happening with um, uh, the sex slavery and all of this stuff. Because yeah. I, I think it's a, it's a, human, it's a human thing. Um, but I don't want us to dwell too much on this because I, th this can become a very... <laughs> yeah, it can become a very... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah, can just sure. go on a rabbit, yeah. rabbit trail. I think I want to bring it back to um, the, the issue of, of the Bible because this is really what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. To say that, doesn't this movie, right, this fictional place, this Wakanda place, doesn't it really speak of something about us as, as black people? And I, I even want to bring the God factor in here to say that for the longest time, I think black people have been um, made to believe that you're either second rate or you don't really have what it takes. Yeah. Either you're living in Africa, which is the, you know, the, the poorest continent or one off, or you're living in the US where you're a minority group that is struggling, right? So wherever black people are, for some reason, we, we're the inferior, inferior race. So my, now my question is, Wakanda, when we, when we bring it back to that, isn't that also speaking to something within us that says, listen, I'm different. I have, you know, we're actually a very clever, sharp people. We're equally capable of producing the technologies and all the different things that the rest of the world is producing. But maybe it's just because that was taken away. So what? Was that the devil? Maybe that was like the devil strategy, bruh. To just like... Well, I would agree and say that uh, if, if you can, we all we know the devil really he seeks to just divide people and that really keeps people fighting amongst themselves and forgetting what's truly important. Um, seeing as we're using uh, Black Panther as an example, to any Christians who want to go and watch the movie, uh, I will point out that there's a heck of a lot of paganism that goes on in there. Yeah. There's a lot of ancestral stuff that's going on in there that we are not saying we agree with at all. Um, we're talking about the overall message that is, is embedded within the movie that I think is a message that transcends even those depictions of whatever messy stuff that's in there. But yes, it is talking about a deep inner belief within Africans, within African-Americans, within black people that not that we are better than, but that we are equal. And I yeah. think God put that in everyone. Yeah. We know, we all know we are equal. And anyone who goes against that is in pride. They're doing that for themselves. They don't want to know or acknowledge that we're equal for their own personal gain, for greed, as you mentioned. Yeah. But everyone on the planet does know, deep inside, we're the same. And movies like Black Panther seek to bring that equilibrium back. The movie doesn't say rise up my black people and take over the nations. No, it doesn't say that at all, particularly if you're a smart Marvel movie watcher and you wait until the post credit scene. Yeah. It really does try and hark to the point that we have more alike than we have different. Right. We are the same. Let's work together. But to work together, we need to first kind of even these scales because right now they're uneven. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, that's actually interesting. It actually got me thinking, actually, uh, while watching the movie. I think one of, the, um, one of the things that I really enjoyed was 
how they differentiated themselves from the rest of the world, you know, and that Wakanda doesn't go out there to conquer. You know how, yeah. you know, uh, they, they don't, they don't, they're not like the colonizer. Yeah. And like you said, if you watch the post credit scenes, yeah. you'll see that when they went to the UN, they, spoiler alert for those that <laughs> didn't watch it, when they went to the UN, they wanted to share their technology, their wealth, to make the world a better place, not to take over. Yeah. So it's kind of differentiating Africans as a different kind of race, which you alluded to earlier, that we are very peaceful people and we don't like to conquer, which kind of makes, you know, I've always been asking that, why didn't Africans go out there to colonize Europe? Yeah. Why we, we've, we've never gone anywhere to go really and aggressively and take no anyone's space. We've never really had a sense to go and take over someone else's territory. We were just, Within what would fight within, yeah, fight within, but, yeah. But. but I'm saying that that peace-loving thing, and I think that's an attribute that's very good. Um, take for example, even just in the way uh, we we talk to each other, our cultural norms and, and traditions. You know, something very interesting that was highlighted by a friend of mine on his Facebook page, where he said, "Have you ever noticed the greetings that we have in Shona, mm. in most African countries? You know, when you when you wake up, you don't just say." good morning, and then the person says, oh, good morning to you. You know, yeah. you know we say, mamuka say, and mm-hmm. then the response is, tamuka kana mamuka. Yeah. So I'm only good if you're good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, to speak into that, I mean? uh, one of my relatives who's teaching, she's a professor in the US, she put up a, uh, this last week, she put up a question on her Facebook saying, what is the appropriate way for me to address people in email? Is it okay when I'm emailing people? Because she, she wanted to really get yeah. this. It's like, to just do I just get right to the point, guys? Or is it the African in me who always wants to start with, dear something or something, I hope you've had a great yes. week. Yeah. Now into the business. Yeah. And overwhelmingly, the responses on her post were Africans saying, guys, bottom line, us Africans can't deal with this. Hi, I want this. We need to be acknowledged as people, greeted, check how I am, then ask for what you want. And it's it's an African thing. And it's a great thing. It's a great thing. And my point now is, I know I'm going to sound a bit controversial, in that it got me thinking that Christianity came. Did it steal some of the good aspects mm, 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 mm. of our tradition. Now you're touching <laughs> you on something. You get what I mean? Very, can, like, very, it uh-huh. came and we had this rich culture that was so good and Christianity comes. And my question is, did it steal it or did we allow it to steal? Here's the thing. We must be careful with that yeah. statement. Um, Christianity didn't take anything. Christianity, the belief didn't take anything. Okay, yeah. Culture stole culture. It was a war of cultures. The, the Christianity that came from the north, the, the northerners, mm. the mm. Christianity that came with them came with their culture. It was a culturalized uh-huh. Christianity. And that culture of theirs did not match our culture. So mm. it sought to stamp out ours. The belief in one true God, the belief in Christ, those things were not out to destroy if anything, they were out to liberate. Yeah. But the, 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 if I can go there, the Roman Catholic way of life was now a culture. Yeah. That was now a, a saying that we need to live like they, uh, learning English is a culture thing. Mm. Yeah. That had nothing to do with the faith that was c- 
coming with us. It was just tagged along and boxed into one package and said, accept our faith by accepting our culture. Do it or die. That's where things got messed up. So I up. think what, what actually needs to happen is that the gospel needs to be rescued from, from that. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because you, you find that um, what has happened through the years is that we end up associating anything with um, our culture, for example, yes. with black magic and exactly. dark stuff. And of yeah. course, listen, there, there are many, I think when, when the gospel comes, it does deal with well, all It does those, deal with some yeah. things. Because yes. the Bible does talk about that, right? That he's translating us from the dominion of darkness into light. Yeah. Mm. However, it doesn't mean that if something is white, it's right. True. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know what I mean? it was stamped with that. And, to, and to even, you know, I, um, I, I was thinking when I was watching the movie, the whole, I guess, uh, again, um, spoiler alert, you know, when um, he has to receive the spirit of the Black Panther, or what? Well, yeah. In fact, he doesn't receive it until they have to take it out before the fight. Yes, yeah. yeah. Then yeah. That, that whole thing happens and he goes to meet his ancestors. I actually like the fact that they did that. And I'll tell you why. I like it because I think they tried to depict as much as possible what Africa is actually about. Because this is what used to happen. Yes. People did used to do ancestral worship bonds and all of that, Mm -hmm. right? And um, even the whole thing with totems, that was a part of our culture as Mm. as Africans. And yes, we don't advocate for the worship of ancestors and stuff because the gospel brings something better, something higher. Mm. However, I, I don't think... We, it, it's right, right, for, for us to demonize anything that does not, uh, or rather to demonize anything that has those things in it, right? To say it's all dark, it's all devilish, and just blanket it. Yeah. And so maybe I, I wanted to discuss that, that, that a little it, bit. It's, the thing is, we, we blanketed it, and to serve the ends of a particular group of people, we, it was also now the demonization of a race group. Through the Bible, we have instances where they go to places where they are already worshipping false gods and whatever. Yes. But what's different between that and what we see happening in real life is that they bring the gospel to these guys and say, stop doing what you're doing. Join us. What happened in real life was uh, you are the bad thing that you're doing. Your race and uh-huh. your spirituality are one and the same. They didn't treat it the same as they did for the Greeks and say, no, you're just worshiping the wrong thing. Yeah. You're, it was almost like, it's almost suggested, suggested yeah. mm. that it's like, hi guys, you're white, we're white. You're worshiping the wrong thing. Forget that, join us. Mm. It was kind of, they came here and said, you're black and you're spiritual, both are bad. Yeah. Um, you need to discard both of them. And by the way, even if you discard the other, you're still now not as cool as us. Mm. It, it's a subtle difference in yeah. how it happened, but yeah. it created a trauma in us black people that resulted in us having this perpetuated inferiority complex rather than dealing with whatever's bad in the spiritual realm. Let's deal with that. Yeah. That doesn't have a bearing on your identity as a human being. Yeah. And that's where the disconnect happened. I think, I think, and I really like what you said about rescuing the gospel because it's been hijacked <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's, it's, it's sort of like what Paul was really emphasizing when he was saying, you know, in Christ Jesus, there's no Jew, no Greek, no slave, no, yeah. no, no free. Yeah. You know, we are one in Christ Jesus. And if you look at it, uh, these problems were there in the early church uh, where, you know, certain s- sects from within the Jews were going out to preach the gospel with circumcision and paul was saying guys okay 
you know, this is Jewish culture now. Yeah. You know, we yeah, have to now culture. separate this from the gospel. This is Jewish culture now. And even if you look at when he went and and preached to other cultures, like to the to the Greeks, um, he actually went in there and he knew they were idol worshippers. And he used that to his advantage. And he went in and said, see, I see there's an idol here with the inscription, an unknown God. Yeah. You know, and he used that and says, let me tell you about this. this uh-huh. You know, so I think that in rescuing the gospel, and this is what I loved about the movie, in that it, it took me back and said, and started making me think that, look, what are some of the things from my culture that I've thrown away that have that actually are not in conflict with the gospel. Mm. Yes. Mm. Mm. That's, That's an important question. That's a very, very, and very it, important it, question. And it brings those things up now and say, yeah. okay, I'm African, I'm black, and there are certain good things that we were doing before, and we've left them because of the gospel and the way it was presented. Yeah. And in rescuing the gospel, it's now going back to those things and aligning them with the gospel to say, okay, this is a good thing. Yeah. You know, the Bible says... Love your neighbor as yourself. So, yeah. so for me to ask you to mamuka say, and tamuka kana mamuka is, you it, know, it's, it's, it's showing I, that love. It's exactly. being that way. Yeah. Even when you look at our culture, the whole thing, you know, the, just the whole element of decency. Yes. You know what I mean? We we we've, we we grew up knowing hey, but our that. Were not yeah. Decent. Well, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a relative question, my guy. Okay. Okay. Let me speak. Let me speak. Let me take off my cup. You know what's there? No, but I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Switzerland, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know what I'm saying? Like, um, a parent, you, a child is raised by the whole village exactly. or the whole community. Mm-hmm. Right, every every elderly woman is my mother. Mm-hmm. So there, there was that that and, whole and thing. Speaking into that, um, I really thought about that. The third screening I had of the movie, I loved the throne room, the, uh-huh. the king's throne room. And what was very interesting about that throne room is, if you noticed throughout the whole movie, he never made a decision solo. Yes, it was always in agreement with the other tribes that were represented in Wakanda. Yes, it was, right. guys, um, I'll make the final decision, sure. Yeah. But I have, he was actually the youngest guy, it yes. seemed, in that yeah. old throne room. Uh-huh. But he had his elders all there. And they listened to him. They acknowledged his position. Yes. But they also spoke to him. And, and that, that whole way of leadership, that whole way of community, is again another thing that we should celebrate and keep. Yes. And... And say that that is part of our culture. We need to keep that going, not just shun it because of any other misconstructed ideas. That's good. That's Ooh. good. But again, bringing it back to you know to the to the gospel and to the fact that you know storytelling and media has such power and yeah. you know has such an impact that it can make. For the gospel. So I guess yeah. what I want us to, to talk about um, as we come to a close here is that w- what lessons do we draw from that of things that we can learn as believers, right? As black people as well, right? About what we can do, even as the church, right? What can we do to tell our story better? What can we do to make the gospel that much more appealing? And because it's an amazing story. It's the best story ever told. But we tell it so poorly sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. W- what lessons can we learn from this movie? Um, just before you go, Biscuit, I think 
heavily overlooked fact is that the bulk of Jesus' ministry was storytelling. And that's how he presented the gospel to the people because he knew the power of those stories. Mm. And that's the bulk of it. And I don't know why, as Christians, we're not at the forefront. We're, we're, we're our, our founder, the founder of the faith, the center of the faith, had storytelling as the center of his message. And we have totally neglected wow. it. And the world tells their stories so well. That's and you know, the Bible yeah. says we exchange the truth, for the, the, the truth for a lie. Because the lie is told so well. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've kind of divorced storytelling from what it's actually meant to be. And a, a, story, a story is a way of keeping an image in your head, uh-huh. really. At the end of the day, it's like a visualization. And we do need to take advantage of that and actually start telling our story. I, I love the fact that the Bible does state, you know, study to show yourself approved. And I think that's a principle for life. Yeah. Don't just tell any story. <laughs> At least don't be scared to dig, to find out, to, to get to the bottom of the thing and then tell the authentic, true story yeah. that you can. But we do need to actually just start telling them. We've lived too long being ashamed of our story. I would say that. Mm, ashamed yeah. and scared to tell our story as though there's something wrong with it mm. but there's strength in it as well there's strength in that background there's strength in those identities and yeah all we can say is we should be doing it yeah. and there is no one way to do it or one route to do it mm. or one catalyst to start us doing it it's literally just to get up and start telling it yeah um if black panther is anything to go by money is a good reason <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, it, it's made yeah, a lot of it. And what now? <laughs> they, they were as million? of two days ago, four hundred and two million globally. Yeah, and it was already the number one movie. That's in the double States. the budget. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, if one African story can do that, can you imagine what other stories are are here on this continent? Yeah. But why is it that we are not investing in telling stories in Africa? We I mean, ha- the the world all over, like. The Chinese are big on telling their stories. Nollywood. Yeah, Nollywood, exactly. Well, Nollywood is trying, but it's coming up now. But we we have been sluggish. And we don't really, you know, invest in storytelling. For the risk of, of, of coming off harsh or whatever, Africa is known as an oral tradition continent. We know that we used to tell a lot of stories. The question then becomes, why did we stop? It's not for want. And when you investigate why we stopped, you still come back to the same conclusion that we were kind of told to stop or made to stop or taught that our story was not good enough. The Asians, the Asians were like Wakanda. They became isolationists, the Chinese in particular. They shut themselves off, built that, and then opened their doors later. So they they developed that desire for that story. The West have done the same thing. They were off there on their own continent, yeah. happily telling their own stories. Yeah. Whereas here, we were actively told not to. We talk about, you, you mentioned, Cookie, earlier about how we had this wonderful history and were we not doing things beforehand. Much of the knowledge in the history of our past, things like Timbuktu and whatever, all those great libraries burnt down, actively destroyed. 
Again, I'll go back to Black Panther. They mention it subtly in the movie where the agent says, Killmonger was taught to do this. That you go in, you destabilize, you take power, you overthrow and you destroy. He destroyed the future of the Black Panthers by getting rid of that garden. Yeah. And it's the same with us Africans. Yeah. Our history was wow, that's destroyed so that's so to prevent okay. us from ever really rising properly. And it's going to take a lot of effort to dig back to find it. It's not gone forever, yeah. but it does take effort to dig in. It takes kind of an awakening, a realization that it has value. Yeah. I would say if there is one thing we can do right now, anyone listening who wants to get into this, we need to teach the value of that African history and identity yeah. and the learning or the understanding of that value will make more people want to tell the stories yeah. or create more in the vein of those things. But as long as we don't see value in it, we won't dig it up. True. We won't try make more of it. We yeah. just won't try to create. Mm. The value is the issue. Our idea of its value mm. is where the problem lies. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And, 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 you know, just as we close, you know, a very powerful verse, you know, it's, it's been repeated a, a long, uh, a lot of times. And I started mulling over it towards the end of last year and it's become very central in, 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 in terms of my faith. It's that verse in Revelation that says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And a testimony is a story. Yeah. You know, a witness in a court is testifying, is telling the story. Yeah. True. And if that's how we overcome why are we not telling these stories? Why are we not testifying? That's you know, true. We don't just have, to, we don't, it's, we're not limited to just going into the streets and telling someone a story, but we can make a movie. We can write a book. We mm -hmm. can uh, have a poetic piece yeah. and tell the story. Hey, we can go further than that. Tell yeah. a story with how you carry yourself, your dress even. Exactly. Yeah. The, the fact that we're wearing bow ties, let me put that, we're not yeah. actively right now wearing bow ties, I'm just saying figuratively, is a story of Europe. Those things went from here. We're telling a story, yes, whether yeah. we like that or yeah. not. Yeah. And the same way you see the regalia yeah. of the guys in Nigeria, those lovely, huge outfits, there's a story yeah. Yeah. that they're telling. There's so many ways to tell stories. And we need to testify. I guess in, in Christianity, we testify with our actions, with our behaviors, yes. with the yeah. way we carry ourselves. Yeah. It's the same for everything else. Cool. So I think what, what I'm getting from, from this discussion, gentlemen, which is a very rich discussion, and, and I think one that actually probably needs a part two, um, is that, number one, <clears throat> as Africans and as black people, we need to realize that there's a uniqueness to how God made us. Right. And that that we should not allow anyone or anything to demean that because it's actually a gift from God. Right. And it's not to um, cause us to be inflated in ourselves and think we're better than everybody or whatever. But the, the, the point is that God made us the way we are for a reason. Right. Yeah. And we should treasure that. We should yeah. learn that. We should embrace that. That's the first thing. And I think to um, to the believers, to those of us that are believers, we should embrace everything we embrace, knowing that a gift that God gives us, it gives us for a reason, that God wants us to do something with that. And then I think um, speaking to those of us that are um, in media and those of us that have the gift to tell stories, right, that we should, do, we should start doing something about yeah. it, right? Yeah. Let, let's start representing Christ in everything we do. Let's start uh, becoming more proactive in creating stuff. Or I don't, know, I don't know what it is that's on your heart, but I think 
you know, we, we should really begin to do that because if we don't tell the story, no one is ever going to hear it. To tell your own story, even, yeah. right? Because your story is unique, how God saved you, the things you've been through. And you never know who that could minister to. And I think it's important for us to really begin to think in, the, to, to, to think in those terms. But anyway, um, so much to talk about. Uh, but I, I think this, this has been... Been good. And uh, just for the record, Danai is actually Biscuit's cousin. Like, no jokes. Like, they're cousins. Can you handle it? Like cousins. You know what? <laughs> How cool is that? You know, I was introduced yesterday when I met, I went uh, for, for dinner with some guys. And I was, I was walking out to go get my, uh, my phone. I left it in the car. And I saw a friend of mine sitting with two other ladies. So I went and said hi to her. And uh, she introduced me to the other ladies. Said, oh, hi, this is my nice cousin. So I was like, dude, <laughs> really though? <laughs> but really, I, I, guys? I you milk it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got, I, I met Lupita, by the way. Just, yeah, just no, putting no, it I'm kind of annoyed that you didn't. Yeah. Guys, she did not, he did not even know who she was when he met her. I met, I, I met Lupita in New York. Woke, a couple, a couple, yeah, woke. a couple of years ago. Our, our he just woke. thought it was some lady <laughs> who performed in the play. <laughs> He's like, what the heck? Right, and uh, but then afterwards, I'm like, no, snap! You've got no number or something. But anyway, it's been good. It's been real. I'm Cookie Monster. Mr. Kent. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs> I'm Biscuit. What kind of outro is that? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.